When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. It's episode 150, and you know what that means, Vegetable Gremlin. We're joined by the podfather himself, podcasting royalty, the man that gave horror movie night its life, Jonathan London. Someone accidentally poured some water on him, and the three of us exploded out of his back. And unfortunately for him, we ate after midnight, so here we are. Call the hoaxer, because it's time to talk about Gremlins 2, the new batch, this week on Horror Movie Night. John, thank you so much for joining us. (laughs) Used to talk about fucking gremlins. I know this. Uh, we've been trying for so long. A story about the first year of Horror Movie Night. Uh, Scott, Adam, and I watched Chud because John was like, I want to come on the show and I talk about Chud. <laughs> <laughs> but you guys did an episode of Chud, right? No, no, oh, we never no. did it. We've we were like, we... it for you, bud. Oh, well, episode 200 is going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, we already have episode 200 planned out, yeah. and it's already going to be way better. <laughs> Um, and you can well, that too shut. if you want, but it's not going to be shut. Yeah, uh, let, me, let me count the ways. Well, uh, what I like most about this Chud story is Matt, Matt, Matt takes me seriously no matter what I say. <laughs> it's because Matt has some social cue issues. I don't know if you've ever noticed this about Matt. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> There's a lot to unpack about this movie, so let's start. Uh, so real quick, because I know that talking to my brother, he was not blown away by this movie uh, as an adult. There's a quick thing about this movie that I think is really important, which is to know that for like five or six years, they were begging Joe Dante to do a Gremlins 2. And it basically was like, I will only make this movie if you give me total creative control to do whatever the fuck I want. And he basically just made a parody of the first movie. And I think it's fucking awesome. Like, I love this sequel. I think this is one of my favorite sequels. When you guys rewatched ever. it, I actually, when I rewatched it, I rewatched it with the, with the whole commentary track on. And he tells a lot of stories about how at one point they just were like, you know what? We, well, let's make it without them. Because they just, Warner Brothers really wanted a sequel to Gremlins because it did so well. 
And finally, uh, just by happenstance, somebody saw Joe on the lot and there and and was like, "Would you want to do it?" And he's like, "Yeah, fine." <laughs> and he suggested he suggested he suggested the writer, and he did it. And uh, and he wanted to, he wanted to make fun of how bad parodies are, like or not parody movies, uh, sequels are. So it's not just making fun yeah, of grandmas; it's... making fun of sequels. Period. <laughs> It, it's it's the Jaws to Jaws the Revenge of Gremlin movies. <laughs> yeah, and if you guys listen to episode uh, what is it four eighty four of Geekscape with the uh, way I basically talk about how I'm coming on the show this weekend, which is a little yeah. Thanks for spoiling it. Dick. Well, it's a little it's a little date <laughs> shifted depending on when you guys post yeah, yeah, one fifty. Yeah. So if you're listening yeah. one fifty, you may have to go back a bit on the Geekscape feed to get. 44 but, but i got so excited that we just started talking gremlins for about 50 minutes <laughs> a one-hour show we like most you. of it's gremlins and we talk about gremlins 3 and this and that oh sign me up i'm not joe dante sign me up for that gremlins 3 yeah. <laughs> and you guys have seen what chris columbus can we talk about like what chris columbus has been saying about gremlins 3 and how dark and it's all according to jack Gallagher. wait are they actually gonna do a gremlins 3 because i thought that that was just a joke I don't know. I mean, I don't want to mess up your format. So you tell me where you want to talk about Gremlins three because Dude, yeah, like you're all good. we can do whatever the fuck we want. It's episode one fifty. The gloves are off. <laughs> we are I mean, The thing is, like, I don't know how much of this is true, but Zach uh, Galligan was talking about how uh, Chris Columbus is now like wanting to do the Gremlins three, and he has like this darker, weirder script. And I'm just shaking my head, going, no, 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 no. And I don't think what we need like. Yeah, yeah, we don't need we don't need Christopher. We Nolan's don't need a gremlins, gritty reboot. <laughs> you know, <laughs> Zack Snyder's Gremlins. Well, here's the thing that I, I would argue <laughs> that. Oh God! Well, here's here's my thought on that. Just bare bones on what you just told me. I would love a dark Gremlins, not in tone but in yeah. violence. Like I want the Gremlins from Gremlins, not the Gremlins to Gremlins who are like, "Haha, you might die when we fuck with you." I want the Gremlins that are trying to throw knives at your face yeah. and put your hand in a blender, or you know, stuff like that, or or driving a fucking backhoe <laughs> into your house, you know? Yeah, but it was still a children's movie. I mean, children's movie, nineteen eighty four. It is the reason yeah. we got no, PG thirteen. So I think that things have yeah. shifted a little bit. That we could, if we could get a hard R gremlin. <laughs> oh, it's called <laughs> Ghoulies and Critters. Scott. <laughs> well, Warner Brothers is the one that gave you a hard R movie for Batman and Superman. It was like, yeah, because yeah, we don't want to make money off of children. Uh, all right, so let's talk about the movie. So movie kicks off with this Looney Tunes opening, and right out the gate, you kind of know that. This ain't your daddy's <laughs> gremlin sequel. Uh, That's so, exactly what I thought. It's Actually, just... it is if any of us would have... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, knowing your dad. So we meet very quickly via a video. Well, yeah. Well, the, the, cool thing, the coolest thing about the opening is Chuck Jones did it. Yeah. Like, that is an original Chuck Jones animation at the beginning of that movie. And I think it's, they, it's amazing. It's, was Mel Blanc alive at the? I can't remember when no, Mel Blanc died. Okay. No, he he died before. Uh, because I I thought I saw Patricia Arquette in a cameo in this movie. Like I was so convinced <laughs> that Patricia Arquette was in this it movie was Phoebe Cates. that I went through pages and pages of facts about Gremlins too. Uh, Patricia Arquette is not in this movie. <laughs> 
the movie kicks off inside of the 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 store where Gizmo comes from, and uh, Daniel Klemp, who is easily the best character in the movie, uh, has some henchmen bring in a video of himself trying to pitch selling this building so he can build a bigger, better building. And like, if Daniel Klemp was our president right now, that would be great. But yeah. unfortunately, we have who Daniel Klemp was based on instead. Yeah, I mean, he, he's not a bad guy either. Like, like over the course of the movie, like Dan, Daniel Klemp's just kind of a a child you know what I mean? but, <laughs> but the coolest thing about the henchman is that's robert picardo from star trek who's also has signed at the geekscape booth at comic-con <laughs> <laughs> like did you wait 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 wait. were you there and did you just ask him about gremlins dude, too, i was or? there and matt kelly was there it was part of space command uh, yeah but we're not allowed near that table during space command <laughs> yeah. guys there was a group that, that would sign at the geekscape booth and just like basically take over the booth for the hour and Robert Picardo was part of that group. And had I been refreshed on the fact that he's in Gremlins 2, like, I wouldn't have let him walk away without, like, really... Yeah, you wouldn't have actually let him sign it all. No. Been like, hey, I would have hey, caged him like the sexy Gremlin. <laughs> God, that part of this movie is so uncomfortable, even worse now. Like, it's uncomfortable when you're a, when you're a child in the 90s and you're like, why do I feel this way about a green monster? And then in the adult, you're like, why is he letting this happen? <laughs> yeah, because it's so unnecessary. The movie ended. Yeah. Just end the movie. <laughs> and then they had to add that last little bit. It made me so uncomfortable. Dante, you and, and, and you know he's going to get her wet. Oh, yeah. no. Oh, God. Oh, no. Oh, sorry. Oh, no. Sorry. <laughs> well, welcome to Geek uh, so, Jesus. So, <laughs> man, John, if I didn't know you... I would be like, this guy was a None mistake. Do I even know me? <laughs> I can just see you like holding a skull like out like poor Yorick. Who was I? Who was I? <laughs> the old man dies off camera and they tear down his shop and this releases Gizmo into the wild, but he's quickly captured by scientists. And we meet Billy and Kate. They're in New York. <laughs> you want to find something weird? You have to go downtown, downtown, which is also what you could say about the female gremlin, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, I keep from interrupting. Like, this is not where we go on our takes because I wrote so many notes. Like, this is like I'm just letting Matt get through the synopsis, right? It's not going to well, happen. No, we're, we're not getting through the synopsis yeah, at all. Interrupt. Well, to be fair. With this movie, the synopsis pretty much stops as soon as the gremlins come out. Yeah, <laughs> the movie is so thin. The movie's really thin. And it's that's just what makes it good. Gremlins. Yeah. Wow. Like, the, the thing uh, that, that happened in the second movie that wasn't in the first was Rick Baker took over on like special effects. And, oh, and, he, so and he made Gizmo walk, which is something you don't see in the first movie. Like you actually, well, you see him the, run away from the store when they start, first off, the old man dies, and they put, they just start brushing the store apart. <laughs> Nobody went in there to see that there were live animals. Yeah, yeah. And, but, but here's the thing about the the I, the only thing that does not a, that did not age magnificently in this film is Gizmo walking because it's very obviously green screen, and it's they did a good job for what is this ninety three when this came out 1990. Okay. Okay. They did a good job for 1990. Not as good as like Back to the Future Two, which came out before. You know, as far it. as like, I know, but yeah. I'm saying like they didn't do quite as well. Yeah. With the technology that was relatively available at the time, but it's still. I mean, 
the practical effects are so good that I can overlook the fact that Gizmo walking is a little dated. Yeah. Actually, what's funny with Rick Baker becoming the special effects person is they actually show a clip from his first ever movie, Octoman. Oh, I wondered what that was. I knew that that was Yeah. They call it Attack of the Octopus, people. It's called Octoman. I love the character of Fred. Fred is fantastic. That's like the Owl (laughs) Grandpa Munster guy. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So we're watching that, and my friend turns to me because I made my friends watch it with me because I was just in a very sad mood after watching the first two movies. (laughs) And and that scene comes up, and he goes, "What are you watching this movie next?" And I go, "No, I don't think it's a real movie. Look online, see that it's called Octoman, and it is currently in my watch list for the podcast." (laughs) Oh yeah, hilarious! Like. There's a funny story in the commentary how Rick Baker told us Rick Baker wasn't on the commentary, but he told Joe Dante the story about how that was his first movie. And when he created those monsters that you see briefly in that black and white screen or whatever in that TV screen, oh, it's, it's got to be in color because Clamp wants color. That uh, the producers were insisting that Rick Baker's creature was going to be shot only at night, and that scene is fully in the day. <laughs> and Rick Baker just got really <laughs> depressed because he didn't want that monster scene in broad daylight. Well, you mentioned the color thing, and they make a callback to that at one point in a loudspeaker that goes, Don't miss Casablanca tonight, now in color with a happier ending. <laughs> I had never caught that. Nice. They called so many things that it ended up happening. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, there's just how cable has so, much, so many ridiculous channels now, and they had all of them, <laughs> you know, on the network. Is there an archery channel? There's not yet an archery channel, but like, you know what? Who watches fucking golf? Like, for real. I bet that there's an archery channel on YouTube, so maybe this is even more portentous. It's very ahead of its time. Yes. I love the idea of the automated voice that just says things. And I have two different quotes from it written down. The one is, Mr. Welcome to the men's room. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And the other the fire. Yeah, fire, the untamed element, the giver of warmth, <laughs> the destroyer of forests. Right now, this building is on fire. <laughs> uh, the other thing is, like, Alos was still alive when they made this movie. Nobody wanted him to be in it. Wait, who was? The guy who played Grandpa Monster. Oh, t- <laughs> like, the guy who played Grandpa Monster was still alive when they made Gremlins 2, and they were like, no. I, I, I still stand by saying that Daniel Klemp is my favorite character in this movie, but I have to give a shout-out that Christopher Lee's performance in this is so brilliant. Every time he's on the screen, uh, just like taking a tissue from uh, the, the yes. from what is it, Jenny it's Sweeney, Julia Sweeney and like from SNL, Julia Sweeney, Julia Sweeney yeah. yeah, it's it's Pat. Maybe she took one of the 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 growth serums and became Pat. <laughs> and apparently, when he got on set, he apologized to Joe Dante for being in Howling too. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, Joe Dante serious? says that in the uh, in the commentary. He says the first thing he does is come over to me and apologize for being. In Howling 2, I'm like, Howling 2? <laughs> John Glover, who plays Clamp, is amazing. He, If you like, remember Smallville, he was Lex Luthor's dad, which is which is like how I saw him. Oh, wow. I remember him from uh, Scrooge, where he basically plays the exact same character that he plays <laughs> in Gremlins yeah. 2. Yeah. <laughs> Could be the same universe. He is so, he's so manic. And like, no matter what's happening, he's just upbeat. Like you said, he's a child. Yeah. Like, he's just so, like, upbeat about everything. I love that he's like what Batman would have been if his parents hadn't gotten yeah. killed. <laughs> you know? Yeah. 
I love that he has, and apparently this was based on something that was real, that he has a end-of-the-world tape that he's just got prepared and yeah. ready. <laughs> like, he's watching it and getting well, teary-eyed. <laughs> CNN actually yeah. has one. That's yeah. why they wrote that in the movie. <laughs> there is a CNN tape for that they have for when they're end of the world is confirmed who are those assholes who just like watch tv at the end of the world <laughs> <laughs> what else are you gonna do it just, you save yourself we're gonna listen to podcasts it reminds me of that i think it was dana carvey that snl skit where they kept having the different takes of the president how he got killed <laughs> and he's like all right now let's do pack of wolves the president was eaten by a pack <laughs> of wolves because he today. wanted to go on vacation for a week and they needed to have as much coverage as possible in that's case really funny happened. yeah <laughs> God, 90s SNL was perfect. Uh, so Billy finds Gizmo. He breaks him out of the uh, the little science lab. And then he gets wrecked by a malfunctioning water fountain that causes all of these mogwais to appear. And they get locked in a building and start eating. In Gizmo's uh, defense, Gizmo d- is aware of the problem. He goes yeah, he tries and to hide. He's just uh, still a little dumb. Yeah. Well, he's, a, he's just a little sheltered animal oh, did we just skip over the cow with the helmet and the giant brain slice of life incorporated <laughs> like in that christopher lee's lab they're just walking by with a giant with like a cow with a, a giant thing on its head like a giant helmet and then somebody walks around with a giant brain yeah. i'm like what it's happening I, it's so absurd with all the things in that lab and again it's only made better by like Christopher Lee's very stoic, evil scientist performance. She's like, what does he say when he gets it? She's like, this came in the mail for you. And he goes, oh, I hope it's my malaria or something like that. Uh, You also get to see Gizmo dance. Yes. I hate that Gizmo mm-hmm. dancing scene with the fucking twin twin doctors. Well, the thing is, Gizmo's ruse, really, because his whole intent is to like make them – like entertained by his dancing, and then he's gonna make a break yeah. for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I always forget about that—the fact that he's actually trying to run away. I thought he was just like, "Oh, I like music. Yeah. I want to dance." And then he's like, "Oh, wait, I should get away." Yeah. We, none of us have noticed like Billy's really hot coworker who tries to deduce him. The, oh, you mean um, Marion? Um, Marla. 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 Marla has long red curls she was actually the blonde the drunk blonde in 16 Whoa. candles that's awesome it's oh the same yeah. actress the yeah because i was like mm-hmm. what do i know her from and it she didn't do a whole lot of she did like some soap operas and stuff like that but she ha, she doesn't have a very extensive like did you guys IMDb. notice but that, um, in that scene where billy is telling uh uh his girlfriend phoebe kate's like when he's telling her like, oh. "Hey, I'm gonna have to work late tonight. <laughs> I have to go." Like, you know, and she's working at her security mm-hmm. desk or whatever it is. In the background, it's the women's locker room. What yes, is happening? I, want, I have a note about that too. Like, there's a woman walking around in her bra and panties, and he's yeah, just there's right a there. dude right there in the lobby or whatever the gym area, I guess. Mm-hmm. And there's like half naked women walking around in the background with lockers. So I'm like, wait, what? Clamp, you're gonna end up with so many lawsuits. <laughs> <laughs> he's that he's gonna clamp down on he's him. Gonna, he's going uh, to. <laughs> so all right, so we, we also got to talk about the fact that Henry Gibson gets fired for smoking in um in the yeah. stairwell. Yeah, randomly mm-hmm. Henry Gibson in this movie. It was like a cameo <laughs> favor or something. Yeah, I, I 
I don't know. Maybe he and Dick Miller were just like drinking beers one night and they were like, you know what? <laughs> we should be in fucking Gremlins. That's too. what the, Joe Dante said it was a favor. <laughs> Having him in the movie. Oh. Like he was like, yeah, it was a little cameo favor. Why? But why why would why does Henry Gibson need this favor? No, 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 no. It was a favor to Joe Dante. <laughs> yeah, oh, okay. it was that like it was like, hey, we're shooting Gremlins too. You wanna come hang out? Sure. Scott's touched on a little bit, but man, the gremlins look so good in the, like when that first gremlin explodes out of the control table and attacks the mm-hmm. dude, it looks so good. Yeah. Like All the gremlins look fantastic. They look better yeah. and more detailed in this movie. Um, I don't know if it's just because the, the I, film was be- like the film stock yeah. is better or I, the trans. I think it's because they have more personality than they did in the first movie. The first movie you had the main gremlin and then just a bunch of generic gremlins. Whereas this one, yeah. every single one of them is di- like distinctly different in their design. Like, yeah. Uh, and even the budget was unreally like insanely bigger than the well, first and also one. if rick baker got to go balls to the wall on these mm-hmm. costs or these characters i i would love to see and maybe john you can tell me that that it's in the special features or something i want to see a 45 minute talk on how they did the baby gremlins inside the backs of the gremlins when they're like you can see them moving and shit it is just so good and so detailed. There's that clo- there are multiple yeah. close-ups of the backs and they're they're they I think those are really big. The, like if it's a know, close-up on a back, that, that gremlin is probably yeah, the size of like right, your, of course. Like the back that back is probably the size of your dresser. <laughs> and so they're puppeteering yeah, yeah, but that's it. The thing is like I would love to see a, a doc about that. I mean, cuz some of I don't I don't think that it's puppeteering yeah. on those smaller ones. I think it's animatronic because they don't move a whole lot. Everything else is bit, like vacuum. I, like when they're man, melting and stuff like that, they're just like taking air out of them like balloons. Oh yeah. It's still yeah. incredible. But they're it's still so awesome. goopy. I love how goopy. This might be the goopiest kids movie of all time. <laughs> and you know that that's my favorite thing about horror movie, or about well, monster movies. I even wrote down the, the the him shoving the gremlin through the shredder is like Oh, it's really so funny. gross. And I love the fact that, yeah, I, I love that he's like, oh, well, that's why I never use those things. <laughs> I love, that's the best thing about Clint, is that he, he's never a bad guy. He's like a total prick for having this, for being basically a Trump surrogate, because that's what he is. Yeah. He's supposed to be like this magnet, yeah. but he is he could smart be Ted and always upbeat. Okay, maybe, yeah, Ted Turner is a better because he's not a complete reptile of a human. Um, <laughs> uh, but he, like, is so proactive. Like, he kills a monster. And he's like, whoa, oh, that ruined my shirt. You know? <laughs> he's, the entire, like, he's, like, securing the building outside. He's put, gathering the police yeah, force. I love the fact that he, he gets his riot the gear and he gets it after they're all done. Well, my favorite part is yeah. that there's literally this terrible thing happening and he goes... I can use my secret escape. Like, he's fucking yeah. Batman. He's yeah. Batman. Did, did we talk about the Canadian restaurant? Oh, no. That was yeah. just going to say, I loved, I love that scene. <laughs> because that's all I want. I got a Fudgy the Whale for my birthday cake. <laughs> awesome. And the only thing that would top it is if I got a chocolate mousse <laughs> in the shape of a chocolate mousse. <laughs> well, Marla takes Billy to this Canadian restaurant to, like, you know – woo him seduce seduce him and like it's ridiculous and later in the movie there's a gremlin wearing the canadian outfit yeah yeah man Uh, this movie has so much great internal logic but i have one question is jolt cola a canadian thing no he got jolt in the u.s yeah 
Jolts. I know, but I mean, like, is it more of a thing in Canada? I don't know. Because there's a jolt in this, yeah. and then in the next movie we discuss, like, it's so weird. They're, like, visibly on display. <laughs> the, the other crazy thing to talk about, um, the Purbo gremlins looking at, the, like, checking out the women's legs. Yes. <laughs> like, and then the fact that, like, two, those two gremlins are clearly George and Lenny from Mice and Men. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> oh my god! I had not realized that, but that's so yeah. They're, good. they're they're clearly like George and Lenny, and like one's like like <laughs> 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 dappy gremlin who's like eyes are all boggly, and yet Phoebe Cates thinks it's Gizmo. <laughs> like she's met Gizmo. Yeah. She knows. Yeah, yeah. I, okay, so I love. I absolutely love Phoebe Cates. And if you look at my wife, you'd understand sure. why I love Phoebe. Cates. Uh, yeah, I mean, like, there's nothing not to like about her. I, I, I wish I was as rich as Kevin Klein so that we could be a power couple like Kevin Klein and Phoebe Cates have been. Um, for they've been married for like 20 plus years. They're they're amazing. Yeah. Um, but I mean, I would want to stay married to Phoebe Cates too, and I would do what it takes, and that's why I'm trying to do what it takes <laughs> to stay married to Meg. Like, yeah, um, start getting pretty scared. but anyway so i love how dumb phoebe kate's is (laughs) her character is so oh dude when she tells the abe lincoln's birthday story i lose it every time good that's my favorite part of this movie even more so than vegetable gremlin even more so than 300 gremlins getting electrocuted to mud i love her abe lincoln story uh so can we so there's a few things that I want to call out that aren't like necessary to the plot, but they're like just moments that I absolutely love. I love the TV chef getting drunker and drunker yeah. on Sherry. So drunk. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I have a note yeah, about that. I, write that down. I think the one thing where I was like, these guys are just like getting they must have just been so high when they're making this movie. They're <laughs> yeah, like, did, okay, did, all right. did, so he gets arrested and then he's leaving jail. Hold on. What if when they're leaving jail, God, just a mines go yeah. to jail? <laughs> but the why? mind thing is the mind know. thing's pretty amazing. Cool. Um, I like that Billy comes home from his date with Marlo with lipstick all over his face, and nobody even tells him. <laughs> like he just has yeah. it over, and like yeah. nobody's gonna say anything. Yeah, Dick Miller shows up, and 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 he's got. Lipstick on his mouth, and Dick Miller's like his, yeah, his entire town was almost burned to the ground by these fuckers. Yet he leaves Gizmo alone in his office. Fuck him! Like he's an idiot. I realize this now as we're talking about like the mimes and the cow and the brain, like and the psychotic so, security guard. Well, like so many parts in this movie kind of feel like a live action version of any time Eddie Valiant is walking through a movie set in Who Framed Roger Rabbit, mm. and there's just. A, thousand things happening yeah in the background um well, isn't that 1990 as well uh 89 okay. so it was right around the okay. same the, time the gags uh, are pretty awesome like that sequence with the guy repairing the the water faucet is like it, you know like the gags are pretty good in this movie and they build and the callbacks are there i i gotta respect these guys and you can tell like why he would want like chuck jones to do his animation because so much of this movie is designed like a cartoon it just has a yeah. lot of internal logic yeah. where it's like we're not gonna. We're gonna set up these rules. They're ridiculous, but we're not gonna break them. We're gonna actually increase them over time. Well, and like I love that he literally calls up Leonard Moulton, who gave his movie a scathing zero stars when he did the first Gremlins, and was like, "Hey, I want you to be in the Gremlins sequel, reading your review as the Gremlins kill you." Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I have a question about that because that's. I know that logic isn't really factoring in very much to gremlins 2 the new batch but 
How? Okay. No one knows what Mogwai are. No one knows what gremlins are in this world. Yet there's a fucking movie of gremlins? <laughs> Leonard Maltin is holding. Yeah, there's some Deadpool <laughs> stuff going on there. There's some Deadpool fourth world. Some yeah, fourth wall yeah. logic. But, like, at least Deadpool is... That's part of his superpower, yeah. you know? Like, that he can... I think this was just him getting the ultimate fuck you, and shockingly, Gremlins 2 featuring Leonard Moulton got two stars from Leonard Moulton over the original that got zero. Guys, I know we mentioned, like, Clamp, that scene where Billy uh, and Robert Picardo come to Clamp's office, um, the very f- opening of that first shot is Clamp, at the like, looking through a, a telescope, and there are, cl- like, he's looking down at the Chrysler building, through the clouds. Yeah, yeah, that's actually really funny. I had not thought about that. If, if you, but yeah, like if you look at the reflection in the telescope uh, that he's that he has in his office, he's above every building in New York and the clouds by a lot. <laughs> <laughs> and you realize awesome. this big—you never see like a full shot of this building, yeah, yeah, yeah. but it would reach like like planes would have to go around it. <laughs> Uh, I I want to say that of all the gremlins in this movie, and there are so many different gremlins, I always forget how much I love the look of the bat gremlin. He looks yeah. so yeah. fucking awesome in this movie. Yeah, uh, yeah, and Dick Miller had something to say about that. <laughs> <laughs> I love that battle, though. That battle is so clever. Yeah, except nobody notices the flying gremlin <laughs> <laughs> until Dick Miller throws it in the concrete. And yeah. like the entire time it's like pulling on him down the street and he's swinging at the thing. People are just walking by like they're going to work. It's New York, man. <laughs> That's like, the way it is. Man, you've never seen a flying grandma, man? <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to walk uh, They are so mean in New York in this movie. Like overly mean people um, shoving her out of the way when she's trying to get out the door. doesn't notice that there's a mouse trap in their sandwich? <laughs> like, okay. it, it, Did that woman get murdered? Kill her? <laughs> yeah, because I have a question about she's just Clamp. Gone. Like, she's gone, and he's wearing her like shawl. But um, so so Clamp comes out and gets accosted by that specific gremlin. I feel like her dead body is right there, and he's like, "Whoa, I just got gremlin goo all over my top." Is there a scene where she's running, where she's running into the bathroom or something with a mousetrap on her tongue? Like, I don't know how that works. But... I didn't see that one. Yeah, she just disappears. And next thing you know, it's like, oh, I guess the mousetrap took her head off. And she's. <laughs> yeah. She's I think. Yeah. I like the uh, the overly racist Asian guy. Um, but that's that's just, um, a tongue from from 16 Candles yeah. as well. <laughs> Oh, yeah, and he's the guy from UHF. He's just the same guy in a bunch of different movies. Because they, when I first noticed it, I had to look it up as, you know, my guy, Jason Siegel. There's one scene when he's trying to get a room, and she goes, well, I hope you enjoy your stay. And I'm like, why does that Asian guy that's randomly oh smiling and nodding Marshall? look so familiar? Yeah, he's the hotel manager wow. who just that's smiles awesome. and nods at one point. Wow. <laughs> We've been talking about We've been talking about forgetting Sarah Marshall for, like, the last month of episodes. It's amazing. Yeah, and I don't like stereotypes, but the whole stereotypes with uh, Asians and cameras, it's, it's, it's unfortunately true <laughs> in my book. That's why I love seeing it on camera. It's like, oh, because he goes to Disney look, every month. Yeah, I was going to say. Me. Exactly. <laughs> it's, just turn your flash <laughs> off. I get you travel. You travel. You want me- You want memories. Turn the flash uh, off. So the, my favorite scene in this movie, <laughs> I'm going to sit down. I'm going to quote it because it's great. <clears throat> okay, guys, listen up. 
People pay oh, good God. money to see this movie. And when they go out in the theater, they want cold sodas, hot popcorn, and no monsters in the projection booth. Do I have to come up there myself? Do you think the Grimsters can skin up against the holster? Because if I were you, I'd run the rest of Gremlins 2 right now. Sorry, folks. Won't happen again. <laughs> and he's wearing his belt, which is awesome. Hulk Hogan is so good in this movie. And then there's the controversy of the VHS version of this movie in which they, re- with John Wayne. Yeah, they replaced it with the Gremlins jumping into a John Wayne movie. But it starts off with like 30 seconds of static. And there was enough people that shut off the tape thinking it was broken and returned it to the video store that they had to start putting a sticker explaining the joke on the front of it. It wasn't even that. Like, post houses were having trouble with the with making copies of the movie. <laughs> because, like, regardless, you know, people thought the film was fucked up when you were making a transfer or they thought the tapes were messed up when you were doing it. Like, Joe Dante says in the commentary that there's a big... Like, they had problems with post houses doing their their transfers i saw this movie in 1990 over the summer when i was in mexico visiting my family and while we went to this we went to the movie theaters and i could have sworn we got the john wayne version so i didn't see the hulk hogan version until a bit later um but for most of my life i didn't know which was the real version um and i (laughs) think and i think the way it actually went was i did see the hulk hogan version but then i saw the john wayne version and it all fucked up in my head but that that seems amazing. So I, I've told this story once before on the podcast, but I loved Gremlins as a kid. So when Gremlins 2 came out, my uncle took me to see it. So I was five, and I saw Gremlins 2 in the theaters, and I loved Hulk Hogan. So when that scene happened, I genuinely thought that Hulk Hogan was in my movie theater and like got up on the seat to like try to find him. Jesus Christ. What an idiot. Jesus Christ. Oh, my God. <laughs> you know, we got to also talk about another celebrity cameo that we missed. The, the uh, theater manager. Paul Bartel. Oh, God. Paul, Bar- Paul Bartel is so good as the snooty yeah. theater manager. He's snooty at fucking everything. <laughs> um, we, did uh, we, do, so we just completely skipped over Phoebe Cates getting attacked in the elevator, and there's a giant fucking drill bit that goes through the wall. <laughs> yes. Oh, that's yeah. so, The drill bit that? is the size oh, of a child. Drill bit. <laughs> the, yeah. the elevator joke is great. I bought a the elevator joke itself is great, where the gremlins are recreating the emergency system. Yeah, <laughs> uh, it, that is a really. And then you got the spider. Phoebe Kate gets to interact with most of the best gremlins, actually. Um, yeah, and I don't think we gave the listeners their due on the on the the flying gremlin and how. Dick Miller throws it concrete, and then the thing flies off and becomes a gargoyle. I think again, like it feels like a, like you're watching cartoon sequences in this movie, yeah. and the payoffs are really, really good. <laughs> yeah, and that's the weird yeah. thing about this movie is that it feels like we talk a lot about the cocaine binge ideas that happen in a lot of the stuff that we discuss, but this feels like somebody sat down and was like. I have all these great ideas. Let's just make them into one movie. They, they're all so out there and weird, but they all are also very wholesome. And I mean, didn't I mean that's the Key and Peele sketch that they did last, like like a couple of years yeah, ago. Yeah, 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 <laughs> it's like, yeah. yeah, you know, right now somewhere in LA, fucking Jordan Peele is working on Us, and he sees this come up, and he's like, he stops production and is like, I need to listen to horror movie night right now. Well, my, my buddy Jose, who I play D and D with, is working, is like showrunning J- Jordan Peele's next thing, and it's, it sounds pretty cool. It sounds really cool. 
I don't don't tell me anything. I don't want to know any spoilers. I don't want to even. It's for YouTube Red, though. I'll tell you that because that's how you're gonna have to watch it. Fine, I'll pay for YouTube Red just to watch it. I don't care. The Giant Seed Pod. Oh, I love it. Yeah. Like another crazy thing from the science lab is just this giant seed pod it's, like that somebody's well, you know, carrying it's, around. It's the invasion of the body snatchers pod. That's yeah. yeah. Does anybody – I know what the answer to this question is, but I'm going to quiz you guys. Do you know what Christopher Lee's character's name is in this movie? No. Dr. Catheter. <laughs> you know what? That's right. They do say that. And I was like, did I hear that correctly? <laughs> It's not. It's not as good as uh, Jeffrey Combs's doctor's name in The Guyver, where he East. plays Doctor East. <laughs> oh, so but, what do you think? This, like the logic is on keeping an electric gremlin on hold for, for the so last half of this movie. So much. I love that the gremlin seems annoyed the by the yeah annoyed by the yeah. hold music. <laughs> You're literally keeping an electric gremlin, which defies physics. Sadly, kills Christopher Lee's character. And is going through the walls is like, um, like omnipotent, and you trap it in a phone. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> like Billy's own act of heroism was like, tra- like being, like he was being so forward thinking. He thought that he could raise the phone and trap the thing in the phone. How did that work? <laughs> I got yeah. a question for you, John. So I listened to your episode with Cooper Barnes where you talked about this. And when you mentioned that you were about to watch Gremlins 2, it kind of felt like, uh, I remember liking it as a kid, but I don't know how this is going to go. Did you end up walking away very pleasantly surprised at how much fun this movie actually is? Yeah, but it, it wears your ass out. Yeah. <laughs> like like, like the, the movie is plot thin. Like it is, it does not add a whole lot. Like Gremlins is really, I think Gremlins is a fucking really awesome movie. This movie is pretty thin and it's just gags. Yeah. And so like, if you don't enjoy the gags, you're just going to get worn out by this movie because it's incessant. I told my brother <laughs> that I feel like this movie feels like if the state made a Gremlins movie, like it's just sketch joke sketch joke like non-stop mm-hmm. once the once the gremlins appear it is basically a sketch comedy it's it's fucking amazon women on the moon or kentucky fried movie like that's what yeah. it's turned into yeah it, it, it wears your ass out <laughs> but i love and it it's short and it's a short movie too it's actually not as short as you think it's like an hour and 45 like that's yeah. yeah, it's a pretty like that's pretty longer than most of the movies we watch. Well, on tell the my show. fucking manager to quit writing that that knee jerk note of keep it under ninety minutes. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's nothing wrong with with a ninety minute movie. I think that we need to get back to that. I mean, that's kind of a longer, less related. It doesn't matter discussion. what I'm writing. That's the first note. Get it under ninety pages. I'm like, okay. I ignore it. I don't think that we need so many two-hour movies no. and that's also because i love the marvel movies but i can barely watch an entire one in the movie theater because i have to pee <laughs> yeah and but you're gonna miss so much if you take two minutes to go take a whiz yeah i yeah i feel that especially when uh, like the ones are they kind of longer there's something that you've seen before dude infinity war was two hours and 20 minutes it was two Holy hours shit. and 36 minutes and I, that, that I, movie i didn't Jesus ever Christ. feel like i had to go pee but like the first half of black oh, it's because i wouldn't let myself drink anything <laughs> like the first half of black panther let's be real that's the opening of coming to america oh yeah <laughs> but better yeah i mean the only thing that that movie doesn't have is uh wait wait which which one is it coming to america or trading places that has soul glow in it coming to america 
Yeah, 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 dude. That's the only thing that Black Panther does not have on on coming yeah. to America. <laughs> like I was like, where's Eric LaSalle? Like, <laughs> you know, I, like when the Black Panther flies into Wakanda for the first time, and he's like, "This never gets old." I'm like, except when Thor, when you saw it, or in Guardians, <laughs> when you saw it, or in those other movies, when you saw a guy fly a spaceship into a piece of CGI. I have one note about Gremlins two, and then I'm done. Two things. Sorry, two. One, Vegetable Gremlin is obviously my favorite. He is so nice that he lets people pluck olives off of his head to make martinis. I love that. That's how you know vegetarians are better people. Anyway, <laughs> second of all, mind-blowing. Howie Mandel is the voice of Gizmo. Yeah, yeah. That was yeah. in both movies. Yeah. Awesome. It sounds I, like Bobby from know. Bobby World. Yeah. When's the last time any of us watched Bobby's World? Uh, I think it was like two, three years ago when Brian and I saw it was on Hulu and we watched a couple okay, episodes. Well, yes. You guys <laughs> fucked up. Yeah, we watched it. Did it did not episodes. hold up. <laughs> no. No, it didn't. Harry Mandel doesn't hold Life up. Life with Louie probably what, would. Yeah, what about um, that one where he plays the monster under the bed with Fred Savage? Uh, little monster. Little monsters. We watched that for Halloween last year. It does not hold yeah, up. Yeah, I, I would, I would imagine that thing doesn't hold up at all. Yet, he has the blue and the horns. Monsters, Inc., I think we got ourselves a lawsuit. Well, here's the thing. So, <laughs> so, I mean, everybody feel free to revisit our Little Monsters episode, but the biggest problem with that movie is that Howie Mandel is basically just playing Michael Keaton's Beetlejuice for an entire movie, and he's awful. At it. <laughs> Worse, like, yeah. yeah. Like, so the only thing I have is more of a plea, just in the sheer fact that whoever's writing me? Gremlins 3 is listening he's, to this. He might be <laughs> on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> It's awesome. not an official script, but I don't care. <laughs> I'll I'll do a treatment on it if you want. Because I I always thought that this would be a great ending. Obviously, it couldn't work with the second one because it's too dark. But okay, so the Mogwais. Mogwai is the plural form of Mogwai. Yeah, they're shit bags as Mogwais. It's not the Grimms that makes them shit bags. It just makes them more right. vicious shit bags. Yeah, so it's, the it's ending Mogwai should be. Teeth. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like. They're at a point where they're going to lose, and fucking Gizmo just eats a whole bunch of food at midnight, becomes a gremlin, and then kills the gremlin. Did you listen to Geekscape this week? That's literally what we're saying in Geekscape this week. That like <laughs> Holy He has shit. to do the heroic sacrifice oh, knowing that so, he's, no, like, he, he's the end listen. of it. <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing that's that's Mike, so I mean guys listen to the listen to Geekscape 484 because we go so deep and the thing is like are they his children are <laughs> they splinters okay, so of I, him are they fact, are they are they fr like like fractions of his personality that have like escaped are they his, are they his down. id like what is <laughs> what's coming out of him that's why all of them are bad guys and and Gizmo's the only nice mogwai yeah. well that one was just like mentally challenged Hey guys, just interrupting the show real quick. Just give me a minute of your time to let you know that if you go on the patreon.com backslash HMN podcast, we are going to be dropping the bonus episode for the adventures of Buckaroo Banzai across the eighth dimension later on this month. And if you donate, you can already get access to the Wicker Man bonus episode that we did with Nicolas Cage. But there's one other thing I wanted to quickly plug. June 23rd, we will be doing our Twitch stream so make sure that you are double checking uh, and hopping on there and getting ready to watch 12 hours worth of films with us. Uh, we're going to be talking about movies like uh, we're going to be watching Event Horizon. 
We're going to be watching Final Destination. Uh, we're going to be watching Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, and a bunch of other ones. It's going to be a really, really fun time. So I hope you guys are able to tune in uh, for that. But anyway, back to the show. All right. So what did you guys watch this week? All right. I'll go first. I, um, uh, well, Matt, um, do we, I think we can double up on this because yeah, I was going to talk about Black Panther and Infinity War. Okay, start with Black Panther because the only thing I have that I watched this week was I watched Infinity War finally last right, night. Right, I knew that you mentioned yeah. that you were going to talk about that. So, so you can now listen to our special about Infinity War on the main Geekscape podcast. John, I listened to it at 1230 at night as I was driving home from the theater. <laughs> yeah. That's and then great. he slept for 10 hours and we were late starting today. Uh, <laughs> I listened anyway. to this really boring podcast and everyone won't get up from it. <laughs> Uh, anyway, Black Panther was really great. Um, I loved it. I think that it was a really cool way to expand. I mean, it's depressing that it's really depressing that that it's taken ten years to get a really strong black superhero in the MCU. I mean, a list about Rhodey. <laughs> yeah. No, no, dude. War Machine is well. War Machine is not even arguably. What War Machine is li- okay. <laughs> I'm get what I'm getting at is that those are War Machine is B list. Okay, if Iron Man is A list now, War Machine's B list. Well, actually, Fury I've been War- is in charge of Shield. <laughs> Nick Fury is <laughs> dead. All right, and also Nick Fury isn't in charge of Shield. It's Philip J. Coulson. Say it with me. He is in charge of Shield. Yeah. Um, in case you still watch that show that Scott loves, uh, <laughs> shut the fuck up. Watch that shit. It got renewed for season six, so there are dozens of us. <laughs> hey, let's do a Geekscape episode. Why don't you finally have me on your show? We'll talk all about Agents of hey, Shield. Hey, catch me up in the last four years of Agents of Shield. I will. That's what I'm offering. You don't even have to watch it. I will spend three hours talking about it. Anyway, um, so so uh, Black Panther, fantastic. Um, he's like a D-list character, though, and I love the fact that he is now A-list. He, he blew all the other... Uh, well, I, what, what are they on? Is this is this uh, uh, not? Uh, it's phase three, right? They just finished phase three. Is that yeah. when Infinity War ended? Yeah, this would be. Yeah, he's he's. Or the next one will end it. Yeah. Well, I mean, Avengers four is the end of phase. No, Avengers four is the start of phase four, isn't it? It would be. Yeah, we only have two. We have two movies between then and now. Yeah. Right. Captain Marvel is the start of phase four, isn't it? No, no, no. I would say the Avengers movie is. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Because um, the the it's uh, gonna feel like a close of a chapter. Yeah, exactly. Okay. I totally lost my train of thought. Black Panther's great. Infinity War, very good. Um, very emotionally draining. <laughs> um, I watched them within a week of each other, and goddamn, that was a good week for me. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I, I'll i keep it short and sweet. Even though this is going to come out at a point where most people have seen Infinity War, I, I want to keep it spoiler-free. What I will say is that I didn't have the emotional reaction that a lot of other people had. And I think it's because I waited so long to see it that I was like, just like prepared for the absolute worst in that mm-hmm. sense. Um, but I will say, got it. I will say that everything that I thought was going to happen as far as uh, deaths, it was the total opposite across the board. So that was kind of weird where I was like, oh, That's great. Like, none of what I expected happened. Um, so I'm excited for the next one. I think that the ending shot, the very last scene, not the post credit stuff, the very last shot is such a perfect ending to that movie. Uh, and that's all I've got. (laughs) 
I think yeah. I, in, in, in what I loved about that movie is its ability to like impress you or surprise you in so many ways. Like, like from the beginning to the end, I was surprised by so many of the turns. I will say, and I think you've talked about this already. Uh, you definitely talked about this at length on there. And I don't think that this is a spoiler to say that Thanos is such a great villain because Mm -hmm. you can put yourself in his mindset and see where he really truly believes that he is doing a good thing. I think that he is great because he doesn't think he's doing a good thing. He thinks he's doing a necessary thing. Yeah, he's doing the right thing. Yeah, he's burdened by it. Yeah, man, that is the best, most nuanced villain I've seen in Since a decade, Loki. I mean, no, okay. <laughs> oh god, get the fuck out of here! <laughs> well, no, no, no. Since earlier this week, when you saw Killmonger, <laughs> like, like, let's be like, like that movie from only works for me. Like, I think the first half of Black Panther doesn't work for me. It, it's like, okay, this is cool, but he has no flaws. As soon as Eric Killmonger shows up and and really makes him number two on the totem pole. I feel like Black Panther really starts clicking. Yeah, so, I love Killmonger. Like, I, I, yeah, and and I, then they have their fight on the Underground Railroad, and you're like, wait, what the fuck? <laughs> oh, shit. What is this? Um, <laughs> well, here's the one thing I have to say about Killmonger is that I was absolutely with him. Yeah, yeah. I was absolutely with the character. Yeah. I loved that villain until he choked Angela Bassett. Yeah, I was like, no, you you, you can't, because he then became the caricature of like that villain caricature that you always get in Marvel movies. Thanos never becomes that. And that's why he's the best villain that I've seen in a, such a yeah. long time. Yeah. I mean, they're both Marvel's been killing in their MCU as far as their villain representation. They've really yeah. been well, trying to make they, them they less... had their low point in Thor two. <laughs> oh, Malekith or like the entirety of Iron Man three. Oh yeah. Well, yeah. but that's the thing Iron though, is pretty that... weird. Like I, when I saw that predator, trailer recently and it was like from the director of environment three i was like mm, not, maybe not what yeah. you want to lead with <laughs> yeah, but that trailer looks pretty sick yeah uh, it looks like alien versus predator with a kid with a pizza delivery boy but i saw him, i was like i was like uh i'll wait for the other trailer <laughs> knowing the movie's been delayed three times i'm like uh i don't know about this one you gotta support it though fred decker wrote it we need I him know. to get back into hollywood right support it you can't say that we're not going to support oh, yeah. that shit. I'm just. Saying, I'm going to. I'm going to see the Predator movie. I'm yeah. just. Thank God, movie passes around. <laughs> we just talked about that in another episode. Yeah, it's the only way um, that you're going to see Dwayne Johnson movies. Well, no, I, I said that it's like a worse gateway drug than marijuana <laughs> because it makes you do shit that you regret. <laughs> well, speaking of Josh Brolin nuanced performances, uh, the thing I watched this week was Deadpool two and. And if you're listening to this, when you guys put up your episodes, uh, it'll definitely already be up on the Geekscape feed as my in-depth talk about Deadpool 2. But uh, I love that if they merge these universe, these universes, he can play both characters because he, he kills yeah. it as Cable. <laughs> and um, I've heard mixed reviews on Deadpool 2. I'm not one of the people who's mixed on it. I had a lot of fun with Deadpool 2, and I'm glad <laughs> that they changed it up enough that it wasn't just more of the first movie clearly like his attitude is very much the same uh because that's who the character is deadpool's character but um his but his goals are in a lot of different places in this one uh from the first movie um and he definitely has a, a character arc that's different than the first movie and realizations and he advances a bit as a character and uh and it's a lot of fun and then the x-force sequence is like one of my favorite sequences i've seen in a movie in a long time <laughs> 
So what about having Brianna Hildebrandt in there? Because, you know, like she's coming off of Tragedy Girls and I, I absolutely love her. So, uh, yeah, good stuff. The, the whole, I thought the whole movie was a lot of fun. Like the, um, the, the, the star for me is uh, the woman who plays Domino. Like that was a lot of fun watching that and then yes i'm really yeah. uh, you know after all the fucking losers on the internet were like why is domino black like i just i really wanted her to kill it to just shove it in their faces oh, she's funny. And that's she's, she's great she's lethal she's hot she's like it's she's awesome in this movie and um and yeah that x-war sequence is like my favorite part there's a couple parts that, are, that i really enjoyed but deadpool 2 for me like was not a mixed experience i really 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 enjoyed it so i didn't watch anything this week uh it was a busy week but i did read this week so what did i read this week um jade threw me a surprise party and she gave me one of my early birthday gifts and it was a big book on serial killers and i am so embarrassed that i didn't I, I knew the name but i didn't really know the story of dean coral and that should be a fucking horror movie. Uh, this guy pretty much gave this like teenage kid drugs and shit to go lure um, kids into this house and they would get really high and huff paint and pass out and then he would bound them, rape them, oh, torture them, kill God. them. Oh my God. Yeah. But the, that was my original design for Geekscape. Yeah. <laughs> he, killed, he killed over 30 people, um, 28 confirmed. And the reason I was like, this needs to be a horror movie is it was uh, this teenage boy and his and his other friend, his other guy friend that would lure kids there. And one day the, the kid, his name is uh, Elmer Henley, brings a girl to the house. And Dean Coral is like, yeah, Yo, you brought a fucking girl to the bachelor pad. And he's like, it's cool, bro. And Dean's like, you're right. It is cool. So then they all get high and pass out. And he wakes up and Dean's got. The girl, his friend, and him tied up, and he's like, don't do this, man. Me and you, we'll kill these girls together. And Dean Coral's like, fuck yeah. So he unties them, gives them the gun. He's like, you take care of the girl. I'll take care of your friend. And then just the, the kid shoots him six times and kills him. And that's how they stop the serial killer. Like, it's such a, like, set-up, awesome horror movie uh, that happens to be a true story and children are dead, and I'm sorry that I'm excited <laughs> about that. <laughs> but that guy was complacent with the murders up to that point. Uh, yeah, like That's he, uh, he's not a good guy. No, no, he's definitely not a Who good guy. Who would be, guy. quote unquote, your, your um, hero in this story for stopping the serial killer? He'd be an anti-hero, yeah, John. Or, I mean, he makes a turn and he's like, you can kill as many dicks as you want, but the second you mess with my poon. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> leave it alone. Well, he's still in jail. It's not yeah, like he got yeah. like, you know, hey, good for you. You know, you stopped the killer. Sometimes. The whole thing is a bad situation. Damn, I never heard of yeah. that. All right, well, that was Gremlins 2 from 1990. We've done 150 episodes. Don't forget that tomorrow at noon Eastern Standard Time, Brian, Scott, and I will be watching 12 hours of movies on the Geekscape Twitch channel. Uh, that is twitch.tv backslash Geekscape TV. So go ahead and tune in on there as we sit through Scream 2 and Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, and Beetlejuice, and Event Horizon, and The Faculty, and nightmare on elm street and various other movies uh as we just sit and talk and hang out and have a good time and like i said before bring your friends over just have a good time watch the movies with us laugh enjoy yourselves and we'll be raising money for planned parenthood on the side uh so you can donate money while you're watching to to help us out with that as well and it's just going to be a great time 
Thank you so much and, for and we'll, we'll, well, Matt, real quick. Uh, first off, the faculty is the shit. And if you watch closely <laughs> in the opening credits and then in the pool scene between the coach and uh, I forget the name of the actor's name, but in the background, you'll see a uh, a young Paul London as an extra in the faculty. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. What? So you can see my brother in several, my brother and uh, former WWE wrestler in several shots of the faculty because they filmed it at the School of the Deaf in Austin. And uh, and he went was an extra for a couple of the days. Yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah, it's pretty funny. You eagle-eyed Geekscape listeners and Horror Movie Night listeners can watch along with the boys and look for Paul London. And whenever you see him on the screen, uh, I don't know, do something fun. Shoot the murderer in the room and let your friends go. <laughs> <laughs> sorry to interrupt this. Sorry, sorry to interrupt your outro, but... It's, it's fine. Uh, check out more of John at Geekscape. He is the the man who runs the show that, that we're just uh, delighted to be a part of the entire community. Uh, and we will be back next week with a movie to celebrate the 4th of July in style. So tune in. listening to the Geekscape Network.